Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneka Watkins-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. Hey, 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 it is time for another episode of The Entrepreneurial You podcast. I am your host, Henneka Watkins-Porter. If you've been tuning in before over and again, then welcome back. You know, you've become a regular. Welcome back. And if you are new here, then I extend a very special welcome to you. Now, you would remember, if it's not your first time, if you were here last week, then I went solo sharing about healing with gratitude, you know, just my journey with gratitude, what it has done for me, some of the benefits of gratitude and that I have a gratitude devotional and journal coming up. And as I mentioned last week, today, I'm going solo again. And this time, I'm going to be sharing about something deeply, deeply, deeply personal. I'm taking you on my journey of infertility. But first, let me thank those who continue to support the show to make it what it is, the National People's Cooperative Bank of Jamaica Limited, thank you so much, Profit Jumpstarter, the Jamaica Stock Exchange, whose podcast, the Jamaica Stock Exchange and You, is hosted and produced by me. I encourage you to do give it a listen when you get a chance. Here's a word from the Jamaica Stock Exchange. After that, I will be sharing a business tip from the National PC Bank of Jamaica before we head right into, or before I head right into what I plan to share with you this week on infertility. Yeah. We needed to raise capital, but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act, and interest rates were far too high. We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Welcome back. And here is the business tip courtesy of the National PC Bank of Jamaica, and it is to research your competition. You need to analyze your competition. You can't be afraid to study and learn from these competitors. Do your research. You may find that there may be products and services you can offer your clients or customers that your competitors do not or simply cannot. All right. All right. As I mentioned earlier, I am sharing this week on something, a very personal matter, because I do believe that as an entrepreneur, there are several parts of me that make up this whole person, right? And whereas it may not be a direct entrepreneurship conversation topic, whatever, it is something that over time would have made had some impact on who I am as an individual 
And so I believe, you know, I believe in just sharing, being vulnerable with you and sharing as you get to know who I am, not just the entrepreneur, not just the coach, the author, the podcaster, the speaker, but a whole person who has different sides and is affected and I'm impacted by various issues of life and, you know, and my approach to them and how they've helped me to build character, making me the strong woman that I am today. It's not because I haven't gone through a lot. It is in fact, because I've gone through several different things in my lifetime that would have accounted for me being the person I am today. And I I am grateful. I'm just grateful for, you know, who I am and who I am becoming. So when we talk about infertility, I'm going to share with you what the the definition according to the cdc.gov website is, and it says in general, infertility is defined as not being able to get pregnant after one year or longer of unprotected sex. Because fertility in women is known to decline steadily with age, some providers evaluate and treat women aged 35 years or older after six months of unprotected sex. Women with infertility should consider making an appointment with a reproductive endocrinologist, and that's a doctor who specializes in managing fertility. So many years ago, I started just having a mild secretion from my breasts, right, of milk. And I'm like, but I've never been pregnant. I'm not pregnant. So I went and I did some tests to check it out, what would be the reason behind this. And it it had to do with some small growth that they spotted on my pituitaries, um, pituitary gland, something that rests on my pituitary gland. Pituitary gland, I don't remember what it is, what it's called, whatever. It's been a long time and I've not been keeping record. But I got some some tablets which, that were prescribed for me at the time. And it was thought at the time that that could have been a reason why I wasn't becoming pregnant. And I remember getting some pills, Harlodel. Oh my gosh, I wouldn't wish if I had an enemy, I wouldn't wish a person to take Paladin at all. That pill, that tablet, that drug, that whatever, oh my gosh, I remember it making me so nauseous, nauseous almost unto death. It was that bad. And that was supposed to solve the problem. I mean, granted, the secretion had stopped over time, but I don't know if whatever was there or resting on my pituitary stuff, if it, if it had cleared, I don't know. But I just was not becoming pregnant, you know, um, even after taking those pills. Of course, I didn't continue the dose because, believe me, I just could not sacrifice how I was feeling to 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 go through the dosage at all. I just couldn't. I, I just quit taking the, the tablet. But the long and short of it, that has been many decades ago. Well, a few decades, two decades ago. And still, you know, with my partner who was who I've been with since that time, we've tried and tried and tried. We've gone to several doctors and it has not happened. Now, there was a point in time, I'm going to admit that I felt like there was a part of me that needed this, you know, to have a child. And the fact that it wasn't happening, I just felt anxious about it. I just didn't feel right. And along the journey, one of the things that happened was that, and that was in 2000 and 
2014, I think it was. Yes, in 2014, I went on a journey, my husband and myself, we went on a journey of going through IVF in vitro uh, fertilization. Now, that process is super, super, super painful. Um, of course, there is a regimen that you follow in terms of getting the hormones and um, prepping your body for it, um, all of that stuff, you know, months of treatment. The physical aspect of it was bad. But what was worse was the emotional aspect, the roller coaster of your emotions, my emotions, the uncertainty. Because once you've gone through the process, and I don't remember what it was. It's been a long time. I don't remember exactly what it entails. But all I remember is the physical process of being injected every night with hormones. And I joke about it because my husband was just having too much fun injecting me with those needles. But it was not pretty at all. It was not pretty how I felt after you know, those hormones and just the emotions of dealing with all of this, you know, every night at a certain time. So I had to skip some activities because every night at a particular time I had to be injected, coupled with the pills and the this and the that, like so many things. I don't remember exactly, but, you know, I just remember bits and pieces of it. So that was hard. It was mightily expensive as well. Yes, it was mightily expensive. In 2014, it probably cost me like $1.5 million at the time. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not a cheap process. And that was 2004. Right, 2004. But the worst part of the emotional journey for me was that two weeks when you're injected with your husband's, um, the embryo, you know, um, your husband's sperm and my egg. Um, after they've set it, whatever, in the lab. And then to inject me with it, to insert it, rather. That physical process, again, is just, like, it's, it's so invasive. And, and, and backtrack to even the process of leading up to that. So invasive. You know, your gynecologist, and it's just invasive. Deep, oh, God, just thinking about it now makes me want to... Mm. So, inserting the embryo, so that two-week point where the embryo is inserted and then, you know, wait to see over a two-week period if your period is going to come or you're going to see signs that, hey, you're pregnant. Well, that wait is the worst ever Anxiety for days. Anxiety for days. And I remember going through some symptoms. And I just thought to myself, I must be the only one going through this, experiencing these symptoms in terms of some spotting and other things. But I thought to myself, I must be the only one. So I went, but I went on Google and I researched. And I realized that there are other persons who are experiencing the same thing and having questions. Because the symptoms that I was experiencing, it was somewhat misleading. Because when, when, when I did the research, what I was experiencing could go either way. It could mean that, yes, 
if you're if you're starting to see this sign, it means that um, you know the embryo is successfully plant implanted, and you know there is something going inside of you. Well, so those symptoms could tell you either way. So what what I was seeing based on the findings of my research, it was not conclusive either way. So that just sent my anxiety to another level. So I had to wait those two weeks, and I went back toward the end of the two weeks and the doctors, they did their thing at the lab and they're supposed to call you now like a day or two after or whichever, or maybe in the same day, I don't remember, to share, to state whether or not it has been successful. Well, waiting for that call, again, anxiety for days, you finally get the call. But before I share about you finally getting the call and what happens, I remember going to church one Sunday, right? For those of you who don't know, I'm a woman of faith, right? I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I remember one Sunday before that week when I would go for the results and stuff, Somebody at church, no, at this point in time, I hadn't, I hadn't shared this with many people, just a handful of persons. My pastor would know because I had confided in him at the time and maybe one or two friends. Besides that, nobody. So I'm at church and this church sister came up to me and she began to prophesy and she says to me, you're pregnant. Now, what is a girl to think? If you know you're in that situation, awaiting results for pregnancy, and somebody come prophesy to you that you're pregnant, are you going to think that this is in the natural or in the spiritual? No, you're going to think that it's definitely you're pregnant for real. That's what you're going to think. It's not a figurative thing. It's an actual reality. So backtrack and get back to where I was sharing with you that you get the call after the anxiety piled up and you're having sleepless nights and you're frustrated and you're wondering what's going on. You hear Mrs. Porter, unfortunately. All right. Now, I remember as a child, I struggled with anger because of all the things I would have gone through. And I've been working on myself and God has been working on me. Well, when I got that news, all of the work that has been done by God and myself, I partly went through the window. Because if you come into my kitchen right now and you look on the decorative tiles in the kitchen, it tells a story of something gone wrong. Because I grabbed the glass and all I could think of was to throw the glass so hard into the wall. No, it's a glass, glass shutter. You know, necessarily expecting glass to shatter tiles, right? Something else will shatter glass, tiles shatter. Anyway, one of the tiles been shattered. It's still on the wall as the evidence of my anger. I got the results. I did that. Next thing I did was grab the keys to my car Jumped in the car, barefooted, I can remember, 
drove to what is supposed to be my happy place, which is the water. So I went to Elshaw and I just parked by the roadside and I watched the sea for a little bit because I was hoping that would calm me. But even there in the midst of my usually happy place, I was so restless. I had to come back home. I may have spent like five, ten minutes there and just drove right back home. What was true was that when I got home, I went to my bed, turned on my TV. The channel was on TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network. It was Bishop T.D. Jakes who was preaching with a message. And of course, you don't expect to recall everything, right? But the essence of his message was, what do you do when God has withhold his blessings or you think that he has withhold his blessings from you and you don't get what you expected or wanted to get? Will you still love him? Will you still trust him? And I remember as he spoke that word, it's like something shifted in my heart and the level of peace came over me. And I said, you know what, God, no matter what, I'm going to trust you. No matter what it is that I'm disappointed about or, you know, doesn't happen the way I think it should or want it to. You are still God and I am going to trust you. From that moment, I just left it. And it's not like I never, ever think about it after that. I remember in, I think it was about in 2020 when I started dealing with all the issues of my life. And decided to just once and for all deal with them. Don't brush them under the carpet. Deal with them, you know, because I realized that a lot of these things were because of my moving right along attitude. Next kind of vibe. There were things that were not dealt with that needed to, because your brain needs to process. Even though you are not consciously processing what's happening in your life, your subconscious has to. And if you don't stop to give it a time of day, like you're feeling any physical pain or you're going through physical stuff, if you don't stop to treat it, it's going to get worse because it has to be dealt with. And so I think in 2020, there came over me a little feeling of loneliness and stuff again. And I'd process everything. I was feeling like, oh my gosh, something is missing. But you know, the most beautiful thing along my journey of from then to now, my nieces and nephews have come into my life because of family challenges and whatever over time. I didn't really have a close bond with them, many of them from the very early stage. So, for example, I met my my now two-year-old niece when she was six months old. Others were two and, and, and five and stuff and just different ages. And I didn't spend a lot of time with them, except for the six-month-old when they were smaller. So I would have missed an opportunity to connect with them and bond with them from that early age. But then there was also a part of me, too, that just thought, okay, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm going about my business. I'm going after my goals. I don't need anything else, you know? So there was that part of me as well. But it wasn't until late 2020 that I really connected, you know, with especially the children in my life and my gosh, the joy that they bring to my life right now. 
It is amazing. I particularly have the strongest of bonds with my two-year-old uh, niece. Like everybody thinks she's my baby. I think she's my baby. Even her mother and her father, you know, they think she's my baby. I give you a little joke. So recently I brought them all to the country to St. Mary. My little niece, a two-year-old, she was just being bathed and stuff and fed and everything by her grandma. She's my mom. Her grandmother is there saying to her, oh, grandma baby looking nice, grandma baby looking nice and stuff. And she was like, no, no, auntie baby, auntie baby. You know, and even after her siblings were recounting the incident to their mom, who wasn't around at the time when that happened. And she's just saying, yeah, auntie baby, auntie baby, auntie loves me, auntie loves me. So just having them in my life right now, it's, they bring me so much joy. And the truth is, I'm, and they need me, like they need me as much as I need them, you know? So honestly, right now, I am 100% happy with not having children of my own. Because when I put it all together, the, 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 the young people that I've had the opportunity to impact and the fact that I've had this, um, I mean, I have my nieces and nephews in my life. And the fact that this particular baby, the two-year-old, the relationship that we have, the connection, the strong bond, I feel like she's my baby. I mean, I just remember one day looking back to her mom. We were in the country with her mom and, you know, the kids and stuff. This is like before she turned two. She was one and something. And her mom had gone to church and I was at home. They spent a long time and she was still being breastfed. I'm there with her the entire day and she's missing her mom's breast. And, you know, the little girl just went into my bosom and tried, was trying to take up my breast. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not your mommy that way. <laughs> and she's as if she knew what she was doing because she was smiling the whole time. And so the joy I get from having her in my life and, and just other children, like I feel so fulfilled. And the fact that I have all of these other things that I'm doing, I really do feel fulfilled. So I don't feel like there's any lack. I don't have any desire right now anymore to, to have a child of my own. I, am, I feel fulfilled and I'm, I'm happy. There are persons that are still trying to have children, can't have children, and it's making them uncomfortable, particularly because of how society views women without children, because, oh, women should multiply and replenish the earth and stuff. But guess what? A lot of us see that multiplication um, only as having children. Uh-uh. It's about leaving a legacy. It's about replicating and multiplying yourself through what you're passing on to the next generation. So it's not just about being able to have children. It's about creating impact. And I wish many of us would see that, right? So what's your legacy? How are you impacting other people? I'm grateful for the impact I'm having and the, the way that other persons have allowed me to impact their lives and how I'm impacting lives and, you know, through coaching and through mentorship and stuff. I'm really feeling fulfilled right now. And I'm not feeling like I'm any less of a person because I don't have a child. You know, if you can't have children... Um, don't let it impact you as an entrepreneur. If you can't have children, 
there are many options, you know, look for the young ones in your family, look for um, opportunities to adopt or foster a child or something, you know, um, there are so many children in this world who really need the love of somebody who will, you know, who will like, embrace them and appreciate and accept them, right? There are many of the such children that are needing these, um, you know, emotions and persons to be there for them. So look out for somebody, you know, that has been my journey of it. Um, I hope I am able to inspire somebody and don't get turned off because it's not a topic that's directly related to entrepreneurship, but um, it affects us as entrepreneurs. You know, there are women doing it all and expected to do it all and you're expected to be mothers and you're expected the expectation of women it's just so high right um and sometimes you know carrying the weight of that can can affect how you perform as an entrepreneur how you perform as a business owner business leader corporate um executive uh just anybody you know the things that we go through we are a sum total of our experiences and the challenges that life throws at us you know because life is like that it's going to throw us its challenges it's going to also reward us so continue to be grateful i'm not going to make this into a longer episode than already it, it already is and they didn't even plan to say this long just to share briefly but i do trust that this has inspired you um if it, if it has certainly sure give me some feedback what has been your experience right i'd love to hear from you I want to share a podcast review, which I never did in the middle of it. And this comes from Seattle Guy 101 out of the USA. Says He says, great podcast. I like your encouraging spirit. Great interview with JLD. Thank you so much, Seattle Guy 101. I appreciate that. Yeah. And it's now time for today's money tip brought to you by Profit Jumpstart. And the tip is learn from great investors. Education is key in sharpening your investment strategy. The best way to gain knowledge in an area you want to be successful in is to learn from someone who is an expert in that area. Do your research on some outstanding investors such as Graham, Fisher, Buffett, Templeton and Lynch and how they made their fortunes. Each one has dramatically exceeded market performance. Learn and understand their innovative ways to analyze and pick up securities. Learn from great experts. Thank you, Profit Jump Starter. Because you know we're all about balance here. We have to take care of our money. We have to get sure, make sure that we have our business tip. And we have to get the inspiration in. Thank you again for tuning to another episode of the Entrepreneurial You Podcast. Send me your feedback at hennikawatkisporter at gmail.com or on social media at hennikawatkisporter. Remember to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast app or connect with me for all things podcasting at hennikawatkisporter.com. I end with according to the scriptures. I thank my God every time I remember you. Philippians 1 verse 3. What good.